Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Jeff and Andy were two ordinary guys who were fed up with overpriced razors and started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. By taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip, a trimmer blade, rich lavering shave gel and travel blade cover. Get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for just £3.95. Support the podcast and go and get your trial set delivered to you today, which of course includes a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover. That's right, you can get all that by going to simply www.harrys.com forward slash spurs right now. That's harrys.com forward slash spurs and enjoy the product. Come on you spurs. At the Halifax, we know that catching up and checking in on each other has never been more important. So when our customers couldn't come into a Halifax branch, we picked up the phone and gave them a call. In fact, this year we've made over 250,000 wellbeing calls to customers for a natter and a catch-up, just to see if they're doing okay. Halifax, it's a people thing. Darty hangs it up, Kane's underneath it! He's done it! It's Harry Kane late on! Spurs lead the game! It's been a week of milestone moments for Harry Kane and days after his 200th goal for the club, it's his 150th in the Premier League. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well out there. If you're listening to us for the very first time, you can find us across a variety of different social platforms. We're on Twitter, at Last Word on Spurs. We're also on Facebook and Instagram too. You can catch the show on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Audio Boom. We're across every 
other audio application. And like I say, we are reacting to a late great Harry Kane winner against West Bromwich Albion to send Tottenham Hotspur to second place in the Premier League. Also on the back of just seeing Arsenal getting absolutely thumped by Aston Villa in a great, great day for Tottenham Hotspur on this Sunday. Fantastic day. And I say, pleased to have back on this show with me. I've got our crazy instructor of the train, Lee McQueen. I've got the wonderful John from Lily White Rose back on this very show. And I've also got back on the show, the wonderful Anthony Costa. Hope you enjoy it. Buzzing really, really good. I'm still looking at my screenshot from when we were top of the league for about 20 minutes. Um, and I'm absolutely loving it because every time you look at the screenshot, it's mad. These screenshot things, by the way, listeners, they don't change. So you've got a screenshot where you can have a look at it and we are still top of the league. So I'm literally buzzing, loving the crazy train. Get into it. We are definitely into it indeed. And also joining Lee on this train, we've got the wonderful John from White Rose back on the show. John, how are you? Hello, Rick. Yeah, doing really well, mate. Absolutely buzzing to get those three points today. It was something we really needed going into the international break. And we've set ourselves up really nicely. You know, the big games are to come. Uh, but these are always the tough and tricky games. And to come away from Burnley and today with six points, two clean sheets. Happy days, mate. I'm just still laughing about Lee's screenshot. <laughs> it's so Spurs. I love it. It's just... a screenshot. It's just brilliant, mate. It's fucking oh, superb. Screen, screen grab, save, or whatever you want to call it. Ah, uh, brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, mate. I feel good. Um, I'm loving what I'm seeing at the moment, and uh, you know, some, some good results to come that we've had. And uh, yeah, bring it on. Let's go, Lee. I'm going to start the show with you because Tottenham Hotspur. We huffed and we puffed, and we did win the game and went to the top of the Premier League, albeit for 20 to 25 minutes or so. But it was far from their best performance over 90 minutes. But we did dig deep. We did find a way to win. It's three points. For you, Lee, is that a sign of a good team? Well, I think it's a sign of a very good team, some people would say, Rick. <laughs> and I completely agree. I mean, look, I think that look, it wasn't easy on the eye. Um, it, was, it was a tough game. Um, you know, there's a lot of calls and I'm sure we'll get into it with, you know, style of play and, and whatever. But I just want to read out some of the stats because obviously, look, I'm a stats man. I like my little blue Tottenham book, as you all know. Uh, but we, yeah, we had lion's share, 60% of the possession, five shots on target, 19 shots at goal in the end. We had 510 passes. I mean, we're, we're winning other than tackles, which was three down. We're winning every group against West Brom. Yet, all Spurs fans, when we're watching the game, thinks West Brom deserves something, including myself, by the way. I thought we were sloppy. Um, I thought we were we were short in some of the passes, um, actually. And, and do you know what, Rick? I got on one of my passion mates, didn't I, on the last pod about, you know, playing at 12 o'clock, a midday kickoff on Sunday after travelling back from Bulgaria on Thursday night. And I think that's what we played like. The team that he selected, probably other than the the the, the dreamy midfield of La Celso, Undembele and Hoiber, which is what everyone's looking for, and, and, and maybe... Uh, you, you know, you could probably... No, I wouldn't argue that. With Doherty played well, he got his assists. So I would say, other than that La Celso dreamy um, three in midfield, that's exactly the team that every single Spurs fan would have picked for today's match. You know, we had Kane, Bale and Son all starting for the first time. It was absolutely fantastic to see that, you know, all of them starting at the same time together. Um, I think it would take a little bit of time for them to gel. In, in fits and starts or spurts, I thought that they, they, they'd done some some good stuff obviously Kane just just turns up every match in my opinion I think he was again outstanding probably probably my man in the match today um but I think that you know going to West Brom that everybody's ex- 
expecting it for us to roll them over. And I think that you know, to get a one nil win, that that one hundred percent was a loss in seasons gone by. You know, it definitely would have lost that game like last season, season four, season four, regardless of how much potch football we may or may not have played. Um, and, I, and I think history would tell us that. Um, I think we've won two in the last 10 against West Brom. And the last team to um, for, for them to beat, uh, to get last three points in the Premier League for, for West Brom was guess who? Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up. So, you know, the reality is it was a big game. And for me, the biggest part of today was the mentality, was the mindset. You know, again, uh, you know, weeks gone by, days gone by, months gone by. Um, that that would have been a uh, too much pressure for us to handle. We wouldn't have got over the line. We wouldn't have got them three points. We wouldn't have sat top, even though, as you say, for twenty minutes, still got my screenshot. But the re- the reality is, we wouldn't have done any of them things. But we did do them things, and we are, we are now sitting second in the Premier League. We're right in the mixer. We've only lost once in the league since the opening day. Um, and, you know, we're, we're kind of finding our feet. I mean, the, there's a massive test coming. I know we're going to get into it. There's a huge test coming after the international break. But we can go and put our feet up, have a cup of tea, a few beers, whatever it might be. Enjoy the international break because Spurs are second in the Premier League. John, I want to come round to you because obviously not a pretty game. But Spurs, you would probably feel, did enough over the course of 90 minutes to get over the line and get the win. Always nice to score a late goal rather than concede one, which we have done recently. A real gritty win, a precious three points. And we have to say Spurs at the moment, they're going into this international break, second in the table, second top scorers, second joint best defence. Therefore, I'm intrigued, John, how you feel about Jose Mourinho's style and setup of play and how you feel this Spurs team is adapting at the moment. For me, it's a really good gritty win, actually. Um, This is what gets you up the table, these sort of wins. And this is what, come the business end of the season, we'll be looking back on and remembering that was, you know, something that put us on the right stead to where we want to be. For me, West Brom is never an easy game. It seems to be a bogey team for Tottenham. Six of the last 12 fixtures with them have ended with a 1-1 draw. They've derailed many of our challenges for either European football or title challenges. Um, and, And yeah, it was always going to be a struggle today. You know, West Brom actually... Drew at home to Chelsea, free all people forget that and just make out as if they've lost all the time. It's simply not the case. And I thought they were actually excellent today, West Brom, and deserve a lot of credit. The two centre-halves, Sammy Ajayi and Kyle Bartley, their ex-Arsenal uh, schoolboys, uh, they both put in real shifts today. I thought Conor Gallagher in the midfield was also excellent and was very unlucky with the chance he had. Yes, I thought I thought West Brom dug deep and they probably did deserve something from the game. But, you know, when you've got the quality on the pitch we do and the game changes that we now have in the squad, and for the first year we actually have that this year, players that come on and make a difference. We saw it at Burnley. It was Lamella on that occasion who came on and his grittiness led to some mistakes. And then Burnley, uh, some then got the goal at Burnley. And today uh, we used the substitutes wisely again. You know, he brought on the class of Lacelso. OK, he was quiet when he came on, but just that having someone else that can open people up. Vinicius, you know, three defenders were dragged to him in the melee that led to our goal. So, you know, when you've just got players like Payne on the pitch, something can always happen. I thought Sun had a uncharacteristic sort of poor performance today, but that's allowed, you know, come on, the guy's been phenomenal all season. And if he was going to have an off day, we've got someone like Kane to step up or it could have been Bale or it could have been Sangyeon Dembele. You know, we've now got so many good options. And one player I really want to give credit to today is Eric Dyer. He's somebody that's come in for a lot of criticism this uh, season. Uh, and, and sometimes rightly so, you know, sometimes he does seem a bit gangly and awkward in the box and that's led to a couple of penalty decisions. All right, the Newcastle one never was, but I look at the Paul Pogba against New, uh, Man United uh, after Project Restart and a couple of others, but he seems to be learning his trade now. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Ricky, we've now got the second uh, best defensive record in the Premier League. 
Um, and it's all boding very well. It seems like good partnerships now building with Aldevere Eld and uh, Dyer being the preferred two. And they've got such good protection in front of them with Pierre-Emile Hoybier. I mean, he's got to be, in my opinion, not only the signing of the summer for Tottenham, but possibly the signing of the summer for the Premier League. He has made an inspirational difference. And he's one of those players that makes everyone else around him play better. You look at what Scott Parker did for us before. Um, Sandro, to a lesser extent. Wilson Passios, you know, these defensive midfielders that you can then build a team around. And it allows your creatives to really express themselves. And look, sometimes that goes in the way of scoring lots of goals, like it did against Southampton. We hit five. Old Trafford, we got six. Maccabee Hafio, we got seven. We got three on Thursday. And then sometimes you have to get these gritty results like we did at Burnley and like we did again today. So I'm really impressed with how the season's going. And people that have got an issue with the, with the football, I tend to find they've actually got an underlying issue with Jose Mourinho more um, than they do with what they're seeing on the pitch with Tottenham, because that would be impossible. You know, we are second at the moment going into the national break. We've lost once, as Lee said, the opening game against Everton. We're into the court finals of the Carabao Cup. We look, we're on good course to qualify in Europe from our group and have played three tr tricky qualifying games. Um, and and it's, it's all looking well for me, you know, and a lot of players are getting games. We haven't got too many unhappy players. There are a few, but not too many from the size of the squad we've got who are knocking on the manager's door saying, I'm not getting game time. They are getting game time in the Europa League. So uh, all in all, it's looking very positive for me and I'm looking forward to going into this international break and I'll be joining Lee with a couple of neck wheels. I love it. Now, Anne, coming round to you, you could say Spurs are now consistently winning when they're not playing as well, which does bode well for the future. Or you could sit there and say they've now been warranty unconvincing in three of their easiest fixtures this season. But either way, points are cured over those three. And with the upcoming league games, it will be very interesting to see how Spurs approach them. What have you made, Anne, in terms of the way Spurs have approached these games under Jose Mourinho and the setup tactically in which we've gone against these lesser-so teams in the Premier League to get the results? Listen, I mean, I agree more with what the lads have just said. The Spurs gone by, you know, John, I don't know how old you are, mate, so please forgive me, do you know what I mean? But Lee, we're the same era, bruv, you know, we lived through the 90s. We lived through, obviously, the early noughties, the late 80s. The 90s, for me, was like the most up and down ever as a fan. You know, we'd score five, but then lose by six. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, it is express, expressive, expansive football. But you you ain't always going to get it. And as John said, it's them gritty results that drive you up the table. You know, we could be sitting, you know, we sat here after the West Ham game. We were phenomenal that game. Did we win? No. You know, so it's just a case of you've got a, a six of one, half a dozen of the other. Am I a Mourinho fan? Yes. Do I like his style of football? Yes, because he gets the results when we need to. He makes the subs when we need to. Unfortunately, don't want to talk about Poch, but Poch used to make the subs a little bit, 85 minutes too late sometimes. You know, if we're chasing the game, whereas today, brought the sell someone, um, took and Dombele off, and it's all sort of changed the game a little bit, it gave us more of a dimension, gave us more attacking flow. Um, hats off to Eric Dyer today, I've always been, you know, very 50-50 with him, so hats off to him, he's fantastic today, um, really, really commanded in that in that defence. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's these three points, it's these gritty three points that in the past we've either lost or, you know, or we've drawn. You know, I'd rather us score an 88-minute winner than concede an 88-minute winner. Uh, uh, goal. So it, 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 it's always happened to us. So I'm, I'm just pleased it's, it's, you know, we're on the other foot and West Brom, you know, do they deserve to get sent out again? Yes, they do because they did play, you know, they did play all right. But we got better players and we, you know, we got a, a, a master tactician in Mourinho who knows 
when to make those subs and when to make those changes. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens after the international break. But that is the test of of the manager that he, he's going to be because he's been there and done it. Again, guys, we just want to thank you ever so much for sending in all your listener questions. You get into us, into your droves. We've had over 60 questions in this week and we try our best to read out a variety every single week. So therefore, if you haven't had your question heard yet, please keep sending them in and you'll hopefully have your question heard on the last word on Spurs. Cookie at THFC says, again, another frustrating 90 minutes against the lesser side, but we got the job done. A very ugly but very Jose win. 12 points out of 12 on the road. I'm a very happy Spurs fan. Yusad Tai says, another game we've had to grind out the result. Jose has really changed the mentality of this squad. I've said it before and I don't care. However long we can keep on winning, I'll be happy as long as we keep on doing so. Elliot Saraf says, incredible fight. The performance wasn't convincing. However... These are the games that we've struggled with in the past, but we're getting the results. Maybe the mentality has finally changed. We keep pushing coys. Giuseppe Alberto says, It gives me joy seeing us win these games that we don't usually win. The last two league games, we haven't been at our best, but we won both, and that is all that matters. Mark Hickman says, Great win today. Last three were narrow, ugly wins, but it shows we're moving in the right direction, looking very solid defensively at the moment as well. Big games to come after this international break. Adrian Croft says, and Liam, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. Look, I don't want to spoil a great finish, but I don't want to get carried away because people will say we have choked again. I don't believe we're on the same level as City and Liverpool, but after that Everton game, I'm very happy with where we are right now. Lee, let's get your thoughts. At the moment, table-wise, we're in a decent position going into this international break. Do you think with the brand of football that we're playing at the moment... Is that going to be consistent enough to get us results in the long term when we do come against the likes of a Chelsea away and against a Liverpool away? Is this brand going to work? It's a good question. I think the brand of football um, is is working because we're winning football matches. And, and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. That's what Jose is employed to do. That's what we all want. You know, I don't, I don't think anyone will care one iota if we stuck the Europa League trophy up in the air and, you know, and whenever it's going to be at the end of whenever May or June or whatever his weird season Harry's on. And, and also with a Carabao Cup, if both of them are lofted in the air and everyone's screaming, they're not going to sit there and go, yeah, but you played bad football. Yeah, but, you know, you, you played, uh, you know, you played defensive football. I'm just looking through stats. And now I know stats didn't everything, right? Because when, when you're watching the game and emotionally in, invested in the game, it was hard to watch. There's no doubt about it. It was difficult to watch. You're thinking, oh, here we go. We're coming to West Brom. You know, they've, uh, you know, is, is Dr. Tottenham going to turn up and so on and so forth? And part of the whole mentality shift is us as well. And I've said it so many times on the show and I'm saying it again. You know, if Liverpool go there and get a, a nitty grit, look, Manchester City went to Sheffield United. What was it? Last week, the week before, they won 1 0. So what? Yeah, they've got, the, they got the job done. Now, are we, you know, the um, uh, are, are we on the same level as City and Liverpool? Well, no, I don't think we are either. But that doesn't mean to say that City and Liverpool are going to go and win the league. You know, it, it doesn't mean that, that, we're, that we're there. You know, if we played Liverpool every week for the, for the, the whole season... I'd probably predict that they'd come out of more victories than what we would. The league don't work like that at, at the end of the day. And, you know, Liverpool got stuffed by Villa 7-2, you know, and we're grinding these results out. So the reality, what you, your question you're asking is, is it, is it good enough? Well, yeah, because at the moment we're winning football matches and, and at the moment we are consistent. We've only lost once in the Premier League, right, in, in eight games. So yes to, to the answer to that. 
on today's specifically on today's game, I think we were sloppy. I think the tempo was too slow. And I think that if we'd have started harder and faster and got in their face a little bit more and, and actually worried them a little bit, sometimes Tottenham's football just feels like we're, we're letting the opposition off the hook, you know, and I, and I know I'm going to bore people now if you don't like cricket or don't watch cricket, but Ant talks about kind of, um, you know, us being in the nineties and whatever, like with the Australian cricket team, they just knew how to put their foot on your throat and then absolutely batter you. And it was just ruthless. And, you know, there was a, there was a streak in that team and then winning teams like West Indies back in the 60s and 70s and 70s and 80s. They were outrageous at it, in, like in cricket. I'm just talking in sporting terms. And I think, you know, we have to learn that bit, you know, but we didn't go up, uh, we, didn't, we didn't create enough opportunities in the first half in order for any of us to feel comfortable, including the players. And I think that's the problem. I think the tempo was, was the problem. When we let, we let them off a little bit, does that, does that make sense? It's kind of like we weren't at it. So they weren't that worried about it. So they were thinking, hang on, 10 minutes have gone here and we're, we're right. And then 15 minutes, 20 minutes, actually, we've had a really good spell. Half an hour in the game, they're thinking, actually, we're comfortable. So I think that was that was poor. But like I said, like I said in the WhatsApp group, like I said at the top of the show, it felt like today we played a game where whereby we, we played late in the evening in Bulgaria away on Thursday night and then we get the early kickoff on a Sunday. And if you just think about where that is, I mean, look, the first time I could have said I did joke, it felt like that we just got in from Bulgaria this morning. But, you know, it is, it is difficult, isn't it, to, to do that? And like I said, a lot of the lads have said, time's gone by, we'd have lost that game today and we didn't. So I'm, I'm up for, I'm not putting up with the football, I'm enjoying the football. We're second. Like, I give your heads a wobble. We're second in the Premier League. And the other thing I'd say, I know we're getting to the, the, the game in a minute in terms of analysis, but we do always struggle against the back three. Like, we always struggle. I'm looking at their lineup, right? They're a Christmas tree, full on. They've got five at the back here, three in midfield and two up top. And them two up top gave uh, gave us a few uh, couple of problems. And like, uh, and like John said and, uh, and, and echoed, Dyer played well and defence played well or whatever. But they packed out the midfield, they packed out the back, and it was difficult for us to break down. And the only frustration you can probably hear my voice with Spurs today was the tempo. Because the only way you're going to get out of that is by going fast at them and being and, and changing that tempo. John, we've got a load of questions that have come in again, just in terms of the style. I just want to kind of wrap up here. This is from John Cormier, who says, if we cannot beat the lower teams convincingly, how do you think we'll be able to be title contenders later on? We have a pretty hard schedule coming up, and this should have been one of the easier fixtures, but we only just got the points. We were the same against Burnley. And then Robert Sigvartson on the back of that also says, happy for the three points, but still quite disappointed. We should have controlled that game much better. Not sure that all the talk of trophies is realistic unless we up the performance. What do you make of that, John? I find that confusing because I just look at last season, for example, or the last time West Brom were in the Premier League and we lost there. Last two seasons, we've uh, taken one point from Burnley. Uh, so I just see it as an instant improvement this season. I mean, it comes down to the fact of, I can't remember too many, actually, title-winning teams that just go steamrolling people every week. City may have done it that year when they were got 100 points or whatever. I can't remember too many title, you know, I remember United teams under Fergie. They used to regularly grind out these wins and quite often against us you know, these last minute winners at the lane or wherever. Um, and you've just got to get the job done at the end of the day. Mourinho has been brought in to change us from, you know, always almost being there, but never quite getting over the line to actually getting us over that line. And, and we're actually doing that now. You know, we're, as Lee said, we were in Bulgaria on Thursday nights. So the players wouldn't have got back, you know, the earliest, early doors Friday morning, uh, had the morning off, probably into Hotspur Way for 
the afternoon, Saturday, and they're travelling off to West Brom either Saturday night or, or Sunday morning. There's no time to rest on the not just the, the physical level, but mentally as well. Straight away, another away game at the earliest possible opportunity. And we've actually gone there and won both. Give us some credit, you know. I, I just feel like people are too desperate for everything to be perfect. You know, sometimes in life, we've gone to West Brom before under Pochettino, and I love Pochettino, as you know, but... Uh, you know, we've been playing attacking, fun football, whatever. Um, and we've gone there and lost. Now we're going there and winning. We're second in the table. We don't always need to be playing Southampton, who are playing now. We put six in at Old Trafford and we put seven past Twyford and the performances. It just doesn't wash with me. We're second in the table. Just enjoy being second. Now, we've got a couple more questions here. This is from Mark Jarrett, who says, surely we need to be more intense against teams like West Brom, showing more aggression, chasing down balls and scoring an early goal. Why did we start so slow and allow them to stay into the game? Rick Kennedy says, what has happened to our free-flowing attack? Since the last international break, we've seen a step slow, ball not moving quick enough, and I just can't seem to get my head around it. I mean, can you understand, just like I say, the nature of our play? Have we dropped off? Can you understand the style of football? Is it something you continue to get on board with if we continue to grind out these results? Because like I say about Tottenham at the moment, we are second in the Premier League. We've now actually got the best joint defence as well in the Premier League. And we are the second highest top goal scorer. So can you understand the concern over the style of play at the moment? Where are we in the league? Have we dropped points? Have we conceded? Probably not. A couple of goals. This is, this is where it upsets me because this free-flowing football, oh, it's not the Tottenham way, it's not this, it's not that. What is the Tottenham way? What is it? Scoring five, scoring three goals and then conceding three. That's Spurs. You know, Marino got a taste of, of what it's like being a Spurs fan the other week against West Ham. You know, you score early and then sometimes we sort of, we end up bottling it. It's happened in the past. You know, guys, let's this wake up, let's enjoy it, man. Let's enjoy it. Let's, let's savor save this, this moment of like playing okay football but grinding them results that last year or the year before we would have lost or our bottle would have gone and everyone would have been laughing at us. But because we had 99% possession, everyone would be really happy with that. What is this? Are we, are we, are we, are we, do we applaud mediocrity all the time? I'm fed up with it, man. I'm so, it just does my nut in with. And I don't know what the boys think, but. It's just, we're poor, you know, having 80, 90% possession, but then losing 1-0. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, but we hit the bar three times. Yeah, but we didn't score. It just it just doesn't do anything for me, man. And I know Lee, I know Lee likes his stats, and that, that's real bait. You know what I mean? But facts and stats and what we see on the beach is the truth. We didn't play well today at all, by nothing. We were, we were great, but we got the three points, man. Come on, let's enjoy it. Sorry. No, I agree. I agree. By the way, we had much better stats than them as well. <laughs> Just try that out there. We had, we, had more, we had more attempts, more shots on target. We had better position. We had more tackles, less fouls. I mean, literally, we, we, had a, we were better than them based on the stats book today as well. And we got the three points. But look, we, had, we had a goal, we had a goal um, um, line clearance, which Dyer luckily was there. So that's, you know. Good defending, wasn't it? Great defending. One nil to them. How how would we have adapted to that to that if we would have gone one nil down? Would we have just shut up shop and just played out for the draw? I don't know. But at the end of the day, we went there today, did not play well, got the result, get on the bus, come home, go and do your England and, and everyone else's international duties, come back. But as I said when we first started talking, the next 
three or four games when they come back is the big test. I want to go toe-to-toe with City. I want to go toe-to-toe with Liverpool. Let's have it. Let's go. When you say that, Ant, when you say toe-to-toe with these teams, are you expecting a different approach to the way Spurs play? Are you, are you quite happy to go with this approach? I, I think I think we need to play a little bit more open-minded against these teams, but yet still have that ability to shut shot when we need to. You know, I'm not saying that if we go 1-0 up against Liverpool, there's a plan B, because last year we went 1-0 up against Liverpool and we ended up losing 2-1. Now, John, just want to come round to you to discuss the team who's ahead of this game against West Brom, because we saw Jose Mourinho make a handful of changes, but the big headline-breaking news was, of course, Harry Kane, Hummin Son and Gareth Bale starting together as an attacking force for the very first time in the Premier League. We saw Serge Aurier back fit and amongst the substitutes, but Davidson Sanchez missing out entirely with Joe Roden on the bench. Turbiano Vireld and Eric Dyer started their third game in a week together in the centre of our defence, while Sergio Reguilon was back as our fullback at left-back, having recovered from the flu. And just on our team news, John... Davidson Sanchez, it doesn't quite look good for him at the moment because he didn't make the match day 18 by head coach Jose Mourinho for now the past three league games. And it seems new signing Joe Roden has been preferred to him despite a lack of Premier League experience. Therefore, John, what did you make of Spurs' lineup going into this game against West Brom? Yeah, I think it's quite telling, really, especially the centre-half situation. I think we're now seeing his preferred first two. It seemed at the start of the season that Sanchez was going to be one of those two. Um, But it seems like the West Ham game, uh, aligned with some pretty dodgy form, has sort of put the nail in the coffin for Davidson Sanchez at the moment. Um, We've not seen him, as you said, feature uh, in three consecutive games. It's unfortunate that Joe Rosen isn't eligible for the Europa League. Otherwise, that would have been a perfect bedding in period for him. So the only option we've got for him at the moment is throwing him straight into the nitty-gritty of a Premier League game and he's never kicked the ball at that level before. So then maybe that's why we've seen so many games of Aldevere, Elden, Dyer. Um, for Sanchez, it seems a long way back now, considering that Rosen is, is always on the bench, that we've got Tanganga coming back to full fitness and working at Hotspur Way. I do worry a bit about Sanchez. I mean, since we signed him, it's, it's, you know, the first 18 months for me was excellent, but that may have been playing alongside a peak Jan Vertonghen and Toby Aldevereld at this sort of prime of their powers. But it cost a lot of money. You know, he was over £40 million. And I'm not really seeing the value in that at the moment in his performances when he plays. So it'll be an interesting one, what happens with him. Yeah, the rest of the team, I, I was really happy to see Gareth Bale actually start the game. I thought, you know, there was some media talk about it, but actually after he started on Thursday in the Europa League uh, and the sort of uh, fitness issues we've heard about, I was quite surprised to see him start again. Um, but obviously I was delighted. I was really pleased. It's more minutes into his legs. I just feel like the more games he can get at the moment, the better. And then we will see the Gareth Bale we all know and love uh, in these vital fixtures that are coming up towards the end of November after this international break. I do actually hope he does play a couple of games with Wales uh, or even just like 60 minutes here and there just to really get him up to scratch for that City game. I really want the full flying dangerous Gareth Bale, the Gareth Bale that we all know and love and the Gareth Bale that's as dangerous as Harry Kane and Hummin Son because that player's still there. We've seen a little glimpses so far. I thought he was, you know, he had some good touches and good involvement on Thursday. Obviously, he got the winner against Brighton. So, you know, I'm really pleased to see him fully involved. And he seems to have sort of overtaken, based on today's team news, uh, Lucas Mora or Stevie Bergwin. I know he had an injury today, but he seems to have positioned himself as part of that front three now. And we'll see if that continues. So the team news was good. I was happy with the lineup, uh, and I think it's more telling about some of the admissions, like you said, Rick, uh, with, with Sanchez. And I do worry about his long term future.
That first half, we saw Hummin Son miss a golden chance for Spurs. They hit West Brom the counter, but took far too long. And to be fair, Eric Dyer, I mean, he was our saving grace in that first half, Lee. A crucial interception from Dyer, who headed off the line for Robinson's deep cross away with Grant waiting to convert. Lee, how would you sum up that first half in general? How frustrated was you going into that half time? Sloppy and slow, to be honest. Very uncharacteristic of Son, wasn't it? Um, again, come back to the points I made before, just felt like that we were we needed another day almost to recover um, from, from the football that we played. I think sometimes us mere fans, uh, us mere mortals forget that until it takes quite a lot of... Uh, uh, of of energy to 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 prepare for games uh, it's not just the travel the physical travel but it's also the mental i think john mentioned it earlier as well and mentioned about kind of mentally to you know to get prepared you know we had, we had a real dogged fight against brighton didn't we um it, you know a, a week ago and then we've gone away to bulgaria um and then we've come we've come here and, and it felt like that that was with son i mean he had an age you know sometimes Obviously, I'm not an ex-professional footballer, so you know, f- forgive me. But I watch a lot of football, and sometimes people say, you know, some sometimes you can have too much time. Do, do, do you know what I mean? And it felt like he had too much time. It was almost in slow motion. Like he, I think he actually had four touches before he, he finally took his shot. Very uncharacteristic with Son. I fully expected that to bulge the back of the net in the form that he's in. And then, yeah, um, Eric Dyer. I thought that um, it's difficult to, to to praise our defenders because uh, you know listeners will always say, "Oh, you know, yeah," but we didn't have much to do, and so on and so forth. But yet, yeah, when we're all watching the game, we're, we're thinking that we're getting battered. <laughs> it's like you know, you're kind of at both ways. So you know, the the reality of the situation is that they um, they played two up top. They they kept uh, both Toby and, uh, and Dyer busy. And and uh, and I think they had the better chance in the first half, which is was frustrating. I mean, Eric Dyer's head off the off the line was was a fantastic, um, was as good as a goal, wasn't it? It was as good as a goal, to be fair, because obviously he saved that and it was uh, uh, served a certain goal. So yeah, I, I thought he played well. I think we struggle with a, a three at the back. So when we're playing against three at the back, we we, we typically struggle. But I thought the first half summed up were, was we'd have probably in the past been one 0 down. Um, West Brom probably had, we probably had the first 10 minutes, they had the, first, they had the next half hour, and then we probably had the last, uh, you know, five, eight minutes or whatever it is of, of that half. Um, and I, I fully expected, I said, I said to, um, uh, to, to to some of the guys in the WhatsApp group, I said, well, it can't get much worse, can it, after the first half? You know what I mean? Like we're we're going to have to show a bit more tempo and a bit more, um, a bit more about us because I don't think we actually have a shot on target. And I think that's the most frustrating thing with most of us as Tottenham fans, um, Tottenham supporters. But the second half did change, didn't it? And, you know, I've read the stats out at the beginning of the show. So, you know, we obviously had a a much better second half and we got the win. Now, coming around to you, I think it's fair to say that, you know, Spurs were really struggling to unlock that West Brom defence in that first half. And at times, we was underwhelming. We wasn't playing to our strengths. And despite the great job Eric Dyer was doing so far in that first half, probably our outstanding performer. But what is it about Spurs and West Brom? One win in the last six going into this game, and yet another real disappointing half. And it seemed that Spurs... It took a while for them to realise that they just simply couldn't lob the ball over the top for both Son and Bell, where there was a real need for better build-up with quicker, incisive passing. But I know some will feel really frustrated by Tottenham's lacklustre attack. But do you think, Ant, it's worth noting that West Brom, they had eight outfield players stacked behind the ball, and it's not just as easy as breaking a team down. What did you make of that first half, Ant? As I said... Mourinho knows when to make them changes. And I think when the Celso came, it gave us another dimension. Because we was, we was, we was chasing the goal, 
we needed a goal. If if it was one if it was one nil two nil up, I don't know who he would have taken off. Do you know what I mean? He might have taken off, I don't know, Kane and then you know brought on Vinicius again. Do you know what I mean? So we we really he's got we got to put the trust in him. Do you know what I'm saying? No, we've been crying out for a squad for for many a year, and now we've got it. Let's enjoy it. Let's let's utilise the players that, that are needed to, to, to be utilised. You know, obviously today, we're not going to talk about him, but the likes of Winks, Ali, Sanchez weren't even in the squad. Um, normally they would have been, you know, first names on the team sheet, you know, this time last year. So it shows how much we've progressed. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, just to say, Hugo Lloris falls into a real smart save from a corner as he pushed Furlong's near post header away from danger before Grant flashed a shot wide. Couple of decent chances for West Brom in that game and a really good save as we made from Lloris at 0-0 but he did make a very odd decision to, in the first minute to punch a ball that he could have quite comfortably saved but like I say did make a big save for us on the 70 minute mark from Grant's header Vinicius also so nearly what would have been his first goal for Spurs and possibly the winner in this game at one point a great low effort from around the penalty spot but Johnson got down well to make the save but we're going to go for a very quick break when we return we are going to be talking about King Kane heroic Hoybier and also looking ahead to the international break what is to come for Tottenham do not go anywhere we're back after this very very short break and another penny in my piggy bank <laughs> only a few thousand to go if you like Sergei are thinking about saving some money Otto Sergei here. Hello. Could help you make savings across your household bills so you can put some money to the side. And another penny. What are you saving up for, Sergei? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Yeah, tell me. Give me a penny and I will. No. Start saving with Compare Market. And another penny in my piggy bank. <laughs> Only a few thousand to go. If you, like Sergei, are thinking about saving some money, Otto Serge here. Hello. Could help you make savings across your household bills so you can put some money to the side. And another penny. What are you saving up for, Sergey? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Yeah, tell me. Give me a penny and I will. No. Start saving with Compare Market. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well out there. Now, as I said, second half, Spurs, we did come alive towards the end of that game and it was Doherty floated across in that Johnson hesitated over and Kane flicked in for what was the goal at the time to take Tottenham to the top of the Premier League. And Ant, just as that game was reaching a real drab conclusion, it was a lovely floated cross in towards Kane. And to be fair, I know you want to make this point that Vinicius worked ever so hard as well during that build-up and Kane beat Johnson to the ball to flick past the goalkeeper and to give Tottenham that all-important lead at the Hawthorns. What did you make of it? Oh, brilliant. Well, you know, he's, he's, he's the king, isn't he? You know, always, always will be. Um, there at the right time, right place, and just a great assist from Doherty. Do I thought I had a bit of a 50-50 game today. Uh, I could see he had a few mistakes in him. I don't know what it is with him. He, he sort of 
it, it bobs forward, it'll stop, it'll, it'll, it'll turn, it'll turn, it'll just pass it back. And I'm like, mate, the walls, you were just whipping balls in for fun. But anyway, enough about that. Great assist from Doherty. Kane was there. Fantastic. Beautiful weather. Uh, what, but not many people know, Vinicius pulled one of the defenders aside, away, gave Kane space. Bosh, winner. Let's have it. 88th minute. Really great point, Vinicius, because I think, you know, many people look at that goal and will give Kane the ultimate credit, but like you yeah. said, the way Vinicius made the space for that goal was incredible, yeah. it really was. I mean, coming around to you, John, you know, Kane really struggled for space in that first half, but early in the second half, picked out Balber, beautifully floated ball in the box, sent a couple of efforts early on off target, but made no mistake with a header, 150th Premier League goal, another game, another milestone for Harry Kane. I mean... John, we run out of superlatives for Kane. How important could that goal be come the end of the season for Tottenham? Yeah, it's a massive goal. I mean, this, as I said earlier, this is a game we will look back on when we're at the business end of the season. And we'll count this, this week-long period where we've gone to Burnley on the Monday. One. One in Europe on the Thursday. One on the Sunday. That's galvanated three points in Europe, six in the Premier League. It's massive. You know, I, I just think it's a massive goal. And who would you want there to finish that? Obviously, that man Kane. You know, he is the best out-and-out forward in world football, in my opinion. Um we don't need to talk about how good he is again. Everyone already knows. But I'm really pleased that he's getting the recognition now because people remember Premier League legends like I do as a kid. You know, the likes of Michael Owen. He's now gone level with him. You know, he's 25 behind Omri. You know, so this is the calibre of player we're talking about here. Um, and, you know, he's going to do it, isn't he? He's going to get Shearer's record. I mean, he's now 28. He's got another four, five seasons right at the peak of his career at the top level to keep him happy, which I'm sure, you know, I'm quite confident we will. Um you know, it's exciting times for us. And I just think he's a great player. And great point made by Ant, actually, about Vinicius. I feel like sometimes just having a presence in the box, which we don't normally have when we just have Kane on the pitch, not really since we've had Lorente. And he made a real difference sometimes. Just You don't even have to touch it. Just being there and having a one or two defenders attracted on you can open space for sometimes those more clever, intelligent players like Kane or like a Sonny at Burnley did with his header. Um I think Vinicius may have a big impact just doing that for us this season. Maybe he doesn't need to score a load of goals. Maybe he just needs to be a physical presence and be a sort of distraction tactic that opens games up for us. And that can be massive, you know. Lorente did it on a few occasions, especially in Europe for us. And hopefully Vinicius can have a similar impact. Whether that will be enough to justify a £38 million, uh, buyout clause, who knows. Uh, but things are looking good and I'm, I'm quite pleased with how he's settling in so far. Lee, coming around to you, I mean, just on Kane, created a fine chance for Bow at the start of the game, but was otherwise, I think, you know, you look at the way, you know, the usual array of Chris passing, it felt maybe less effective in this game because maybe Son was slightly subdued, but, you know, did score that really important winning goal. First player born after the Premier League started to score 150 Premier League goals. Now joining Michael Owen in ninth place in the all-time Premier League goal scorer list. Jermaine Defoe on 162 and Robbie Fowler on 163. They could come under real threat this season as well. And you do feel with Kane at the moment, the increase in quality and competition in Spurs' squad, you know, that should have really made them less reliant on Kane. But as this week has shown with Kane, he's as more important than ever to this football club. And it feels like yet again somehow Kane has ultimately stepped up I mean is there anything left to say about just how incredible Harry Kane is at this football club the guy's outstanding I mean we talk about every every week and I know we talk about other players in and out like the Winks and the Dellies and whatever and people are having a go at us sometimes on 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 social media about it but we you can't be having a go at us about Kane I mean you can't not talk about Kane every week the guy like like I said he's King Kane he's just he's just absolutely outstanding um 
I love the ball. I, actually, I thought Doherty hit a kind of a bit of an arrow pass. It wasn't like a floated cross. It was more like an arrow. And it, not, and it had gone in kind of just quite direct. Um, and Kane just so clever um, to kind of know what to do with that ball at that exact moment. Like he knew where the goalkeeper was. Just a little, a little uh, helped it on its way almost over the goalkeeper. And again, it was a brilliant finish. I, I have to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't certain today that that, that was going to happen. I, I wasn't certain that a goal was going to come for us today. Um, and again, when when he needed, man stepped up and I, I thought it was a, um, a brilliant performance for him. Again, just touching on Vinicius as well. I mean, I, I agree with, with what the lads have said. And actually, I was really impressed with him coming on. And that sounds a bit weird. He didn't really do it. He had a fantastic shot that just fizzed uh, wide, uh, wide, low, uh, low. Um, past the post, didn't it? Um, I thought it was an, an excellent opportunity for him. And I, the, the games that we've seen him playing so far, he obviously on his debut got two assists in Europa League, didn't he? And then, um, and then bizarrely, he was dropped for the next Premier League game. But then he come back in, um, and he's, he, he's, he's there's something there. I just think it's the same as just getting getting used to the league and getting used to the tempo and whatever. But he's definitely got something there. And, and like John said, you know, just having presence there, just having something there that, that worries the defenders, brings other people into play. Um, you know, when you've got the likes of uh, Son and Kane and Bale on the pitch, um, and I know uh, Vinicius wasn't on the pitch at the same time, but to be, you've got to be having, you've got to be intelligent enough to actually start pulling people or uh, to the left or to the right or stretching, but coming, getting people out of outside of position so that, you know, your other players can actually go and affect the game. And, and to be, to be fair to Brest Brom, I thought they were brilliant today in, uh, in their defending and the, in their shape. And they, they, they did cause us some problems, but you know, when we look back in the stats book, uh, we, we obliterated them on, on all of the stats. So at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, um, you know, emotionally we probably didn't deserve the three points but you know the books the stats book tell us something different and we did get the three points so harry kane i salute you and 150 goal top 10 now in the premier league yep. um pff, incredible absolutely yep. incredible I can't, I can't say anything else lost for words mate well done harry now and i want to ask you about matt doherty because to be fair i think he's a player at the moment that is still trying to find his way into this spurs side and we're acutely aware here that he's having to play a different role to the one that he did have at Wolves. And it's fair to say, I think at the moment, he's still finding his feet in this team, despite getting a very, very important assist for Tottenham today. You have to say that. Now, you know, he did struggle to make an impact from an attacking sense into those final minutes of a lovely, perfect ball on the head for Kane to score. Did do most what was asked of him from a defensive perspective. But if I was to say to you, Ant, from... The player that we saw at Wolves, the reputation he had, have you been slightly underwhelmed so far with what Doherty has brought to the table as a Tottenham player to date? He's not underwhelmed me. Let's let's get this straight. He hasn't underwhelmed me. Um, I think there was a lot of... I was very excited. I still am. I still think he's, he's a good player because, as I said, when, when he played for Wolves, he always seemed to have a grinder against Spurs. So, you know, you judge him game by game and... I don't know. Is it a different position he's playing at Spurs? Is he is he maybe still getting his confidence at playing at Spurs? I just think you've got the ability, mate. It's proven that you know you you was one of Wolves' star players. Use it. You know, don't be afraid. Sometimes you've got to take chances. Is it confidence? Maybe, is it confidence? Maybe it is, Rick. You know, and as I said to you many a times on this show before, but football. Yes, it's about tactics, of course, but sometimes it's about taking a little bit of a risk as well. You know, I sometimes think some some of our players don't do that. Kane, Son, and Kane and Son do it all the time. They take risks left, right, and centre. But it's the people at the back, you know, the Doherty, 
whip a ball in, man. Take a man on. Regulon does it all the time. You know, so it'll be nice if Doherty sort of balanced that out with, with, with Regulon as well. But coming to your point, I, um, I was a bit sort of touch and go with him today. I feel like he had a very quietish game until obviously the assist. So there's more to come for sure. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. Look at this centre-back pairing now. They've started together the last three games in a row. Eric Dyer, Toby Alderweireld. Now, on Alderweireld, sent a header at the keeper from a corner in the final 10 minutes, defended well throughout. But I know you do want to give mention, John, to Eric Dyer. And I think it's only right we do, because we've given Dyer a lot of stick over the last 12 to 18 months on this show, where we've all been critical, maybe, of not knowing what his best position is. I think that probably was one of his best games in a Spurs shirt as a centre-half. Now, I mean, you look at his performance overall, made a very important block early on, then that vital header off the line... Very little got past him, John. Are we going overboard here, or was this genuinely one of his best displays as a centre-half? No, for me it was, and the critical reason why is there wasn't an incident where I was worried a penalty was going to be given away. I feel like he's had other games where actually he's been very, very good, but there's always, always been one incident in the match that's either been given away as a penalty or it's looked very suspect and he's looked awkward in the position. And I'm hopeful that we are going to see some more solid performances from him. I think that actually his going away with England and playing with them as the sort of first choice centre-half has also helped him confidence-wise. And I hope that he does the same in these next internationals. Um, as I feel like for him, it's just a confidence thing. If he can get into that England team above the likes of Harry Maguire, obviously John Stones is sort of not getting called up anymore and sort of really establish himself as a first choice centre-half. Uh, I think that would do a world of good for him and he'll feel an importance to both at Tottenham and international level. We should see a better player for that. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm actually really pleased that we're now seeing a settled back too. I mean, all good teams historically that have gone on and won stuff have always had a settled back line. Um, you know, so if we can sort of recreate that at Tottenham for once, we, I feel like every, you know, apart from Jan and Toby, we had a real period of stability there and King and Dawes before that. All throughout the 90s, uh, we were always chopping and changing the centre-halves and none of them were particularly good apart from he who will not be named. Um, so... You know, it's very nice now to see a bit of continuity at Tottenham and uh, I hope they do continue starting together because I feel like we can build something from the back and we've also got a world-class keeper in goal who's, one point I want to make about Lloris, it hasn't been mentioned thus far, his distribution, I mean, it used to be a real bone bear of mine when he used to take these goal kicks and they'd just be given straight to the opposition and possessions coming straight back at us and pressure. We seem to be playing it short a lot more now, certainly since Mourinho's come in. And we're really seeing the benefit of that, actually, in terms of just keeping the ball and not putting ourselves under unnecessary stress and pressure. So uh, I think Larissa has done well, actually, and I'm really pleased with him. I'm actually glad you brought that point up on Larissa. I think he has performed ever so well. I think I would even go back to since Project Restart. I think Larissa has come back almost like a different goalkeeper. You know, he looks a lot more composed, a lot more calm, maybe because Mourinho has kind of taken this element away from him of the need to play out from the back. I think that in itself has kind of given Larissa a bit more less to focus on and more, you know, just to kind of, you know, do what he's good at. And we know he's a great shot stopper. Lee, just want to go back to Eric Dyer for a second because a question here from Gulam Afsor says, what's your thoughts on Eric Dyer? I know he gets a lot of stick, but I think he's been really, really good since the restart. This season, he looks a lot more calm at the back and he's not making any silly mistakes if Van Dijk had made that goal line headed clearance the hype would be incredible he was Spurs's outstanding player in such a drab first half making two crucial interceptions it was a very composed committed display from a player that you know it's his third start Lee in a week and it was one of yeah. few real pluses for Tottenham overall how impressed have you been with Dyer? and you know on the back of that display Lee does that give you real confidence that you know, the centre-half position, we've always been sitting this out. We need a scrinny R. You know, we need to go and invest yeah. in that position. 
Does that relax you a little Williams bit going into January? Yeah, I mean, we've got Joe hasn't made his uh, his full debut at, at the football club at the moment, has he? We've got Tangango, who's obviously um, just come back to training, I think, last week, um, which is uh, which is boding well. Um, you've obviously, obviously already touched on Sanchez, sorry. So, you know, it's an interesting one to monitor there. I'm really pleased with both of them. Like they, you know, Toby and Eric Dyer. That's three games on the trot that they've started, and like like you said, so I was probably the guy that was banging the drum the most under Potticino, um, and also under Jose. And the amount of stats that I said on on the Love Sports shows and on this very show last word on Spurs as well about how many times you want to change your defence. I mean, it was literally every week. It was like the Okie You put, you know, you you, you write backs in, and even you the goalkeeper backs changed out. three times at one point, Lee. Exactly, and we and you know what, right? That's the mad stat. The goalkeeper did change three times, but it happened two seasons on the trot. I can guarantee you now, twenty Premier League clubs do not play three goalkeepers during a season twice over. It just doesn't happen. Um, yet we were doing it pretty regularly, as, as we said. So, uh, you know, stability. I think that there's look. This is my philosophy on football. Essentially, I, I think that there's that when you've got a front four or front six. You can interchange them. They can move around the pitch. They can change. They can move. They can, you know, you can bring a ball on for 20 minutes, start and bring Bergen on for 20 minutes, Delhi Cup, whatever. But I think you're back four, you're back five. I think they need to be solid. And I think that, you know, this is me personally. And I know obviously you've got to rotate for different games, but, you know, you've got to get a, a centre back pairing or a back four, back five, you know, a solid unit so they know what they're doing. So when they come under pressure, look, let's not make, make no bones about it. We're waxing lyrical because we're enjoying the fact, like Ant said, we're enjoying the fact that we're second, we're playing, um, you know, we're getting points, we're playing decent football. We've got, you know, second in the most goals uh, scored um, column in the Premier League, whatever. But make no bones about it. We've got massive tests to come, which I'm sure we'll get into with some huge, huge fixtures. So that defence is going to be tested even further. It wasn't tested today. I mean, it might feel like it was emotionally when you're watching the game. Go and watch it back. Now we know the result. Go and watch it back tonight, like match the day or whatever, and you will not be panicking because they had two shots on target. So, so it's not, it's not, it wasn't as bad as what we thought it was, kind of live, if that makes sense. But, but we've got some massive tests. So, so I'm really pleased that the defenders, especially Dyer and and or, or, or Toby, are getting game time together so they can start to get, you know, get that partnership going. You've got to remember that, and and John, you just mentioned it then. You no, know, Toby and Yan were outstanding. They've played together since they were like six years old, for God's sake, and they were brilliant. And Toby is a natural, natural. Um, sorry, um, Yan Vatong is a natural left footer so there is a bit of an imbalance in that defense if you're being ultra critical and Eric Dyer is doing a good job a decent job um but he's not a natural left footer and that does or could hurt us when you're coming up the likes of Salah and when you're coming up the likes of Aguero or Jesus or Sterling or whatever like you said this is gonna be the test now what's coming exactly mate so you know you know it, it, that's why today was so big. That's why mentally it was so mm. big to go, even yep. if it was for 28 minutes, whatever it was, to go top of the table, to get them points under our belt, to be able to sit back and watch everyone else. Liverpool and City have dropped points today. Yep. Uh, hopefully, um, Arsenal will drop some points as well. Um, look, Leicester are flying and fair play to them, but, you know, they've, they've lost more games than, than than what we have and we play them soon. So, you know, it was important to get to where we are and let's put the context around it. But I'm, I am pleased. Eric Dyer. I mean, I'll ask you, Rick, because to be fair to you, I'm not putting you on the spot, and you know, but I just in the past you have been very quite critical of Eric yep. Dyer. Mm-hmm. So the, your question to me is, am I pleased with Eric Dyer? I'm just going to throw that back at you, just to see if he's changed your mind a little bit, because he has been much better, hasn't he? He has been much better. I mean, the only thing I would say is, if you're saying, to you, am I 
contend that it'll be good enough for the season, I probably would say no. I still think we're going to yeah. need in January to look at that area. I still think, you know, Skriniar for me, if he's available at a decent price, he'd be the man I'd bring in. Again, you make that point, Lee. We haven't got a natural left-sided centre-back in this squad. You know, we can say Joe, Joe Rodan can play there, but this is a young kid. You know, if we're going to throw him in the middle of a title race, if we use that word title race, I think that's a very dangerous game to play. You know, I think Mourinho, again, will look at the point now where we are in this international break coming into it. We're in a fantastic position, but I think what's to come is the ultimate test of Eric Dyer and Toby Alderweireld's partnership as centre-backs. Can they withhold what's coming? Can they withhold Chelsea, Manchester United and the Liverpools to come? I think it's a very, very difficult act for those guys to follow with these games coming. I just think the players are going to be coming up against the likes of Sterling. Um, dare I say, you know, you look at the, the quality of players they're going to be facing. Salah, I don't think it'll be easy. You know, Werner at Chelsea, he's in formidable form. There's a lot of challenges yet to overcome. Um, so it'll be interesting to see after the international break how we get on. We must mention Sergio Regulon. He was a bit off the pace in the opening stages, to be fair, but did grow into the game, offered a bit of attacking impetus after the interval, included a long-range effort, which was fisted away by Sam Johnston. Must make a point that on Regulon, he was just recovering from the flu, so that maybe wasn't why he was top of his game. Now, a player around that I know you're going to want to give a mention to is Pierre-Emé Hoybier. Again, a real bustling presence all over the pitch for Spurs in that game against West Brom. Yes, to be fair, maybe he wasn't as dominant as his usual self. But in that second half, he really helped Spurs up the pitch with his runs. You know, that real desire, determination to help Spurs grind out these performances like we've seen recently against the likes of the Brighton. And again today against West Brom, we've seen it against Burnley as well. Just what have you made, Anne, of the impact Pierre-Emil Hoybier has brought to this Spurs team? You could tell he loves being there. He's he's a winner. Um, he's understated, as I keep mentioning it. He's going to do all the dirty work that people that, you know, these great defensive midfielders do, but don't get the recognition. But trust me, every championship side have, that have won the championship have always had a defensive midfielder. And that's something that we've been lacking for about three, four years, four years now. So, listen, obviously, Wanyama, but his legs have gone blessing. But since he sort of started to to, to leave us, Hoiberg is the, the best the best option. And I was buzzing when we got him. I think he's... he's has he he's surprised a, you, Ed, by how good he is? Has he surprised you yeah. just how well he has become? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because he knows the Premier League. As I said to you, when he first signed for us and we did a show, he knows the Premier League. He knows what it's all about. He knows that games come thick and fast. There's no worry with me. When he's on the ball, I don't get worried. I don't have heart in the mouth sort of time. He's easy on the ball, easy on the eye, knocks it about, gives it easy, gives it simple, makes little runs. Um, and he, he lets other people play. He lets the, the creative people play. And I, I think he he's must be a, a, amazing to play with. Yeah, he is, I say, a very, very... Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, championship, people that won the championships, I'm talking about people like, obviously, Chelsea with Makaleli, yep. Um, yep. Leicester with uh, Kante, Chelsea, Kante. These people, they're unsung, but they do their job and they do it brilliantly. So, hopefully, Hoybier is our, is our Makaleli. I love it. And, John, coming round to you, we've had a load of questions in on Pierre-Emil Hoybier, as you would expect on the last word on Spurs. This question we've had on here about Pierre 
is from Matt Martin, who says, Will there be a match this season where Pierre-Emile Hoybier isn't the man of the match? He's such a pivotal player for us, and I fear what will happen if he's injured, as there's no like for like in our squad. Should another DM be a priority in the January window when that eventually opens for Tottenham? What's your thoughts on that, John? Do we need to ideally look out for another player that can be there as a direct replacement for Hoybier? Should he get injured, which we know is at the moment, he's never been injured, um, as a player in the Premier League, quite remarkably, and he's at Tottenham. Can you believe it? Hoiberg is such a unique player, actually. There isn't a lot of completely out-and-out-there defensive midfielders on the market that we could get, uh, especially not who would come in as a second fiddle. That's where I, earlier on I talked about Skip coming back next season as sort of a young understudy who would come in and fill in those games. Um, for me, I think the club would probably think that, you know, I personally don't think this, but I think the club would think that Sizoko and Winks between them could cover games if Hoiberg was injured. Um, but I mean, I can't speak highly enough about this guy. He is everything he does in terms of his performances on the pitch and the way he sort of leads up the pitch. I imagine the training ground, people respect him straight away. People take what he says on board. I imagine he's great for the young players, the likes of Harvey White, Jamie Bowden, players that play in a similar position. You know, you look at Hoybier, he's come from a, a lesser club in Southampton, but he's done his time at Bayern Munich. You know, he knows what it's about playing a big club and he's coming at Tottenham and he's just you know he is the captain without the armband it's been said and I just think he's without a doubt the signing of the season he's probably you know he was exactly what we needed if we ticked every box and said it Premier League experience someone that comes in none of this 18 month settling in period just comes in delivers every week an 8 out of 10 performance that's all we needed you know when you've got players like Ndombele like Son like Kane like Lachelso, you just need someone behind them that allows those players to express themselves and deliver. And we finally got that now. And we're really reaping the rewards and we're seeing that from being second in the table. And I feel like for the money involved, uh, it was just a phenomenal bit of business and it ticks every single box. I couldn't be more pleased with him. Uh, and everything you hear about him is that he's a great guy as well around the training ground. He gets on with all the players. Uh, I understand he can speak multiple different languages, which also helps him settle in and sort of link everyone in the squad. And he's just a great guy to have around. So I'm really, really pleased and credit to... Uh, Levy, Hitchin, Mourinho for identifying the player uh, and getting it over the line. You know, I just think that was massive for the club and for the money involved as well in a market that we were told was going to be difficult to do good deals in. Uh, he was exceptional, like Regulon, who has also been absolutely first class. Really good recruitment this summer by Tottenham. So credit to those involved. Yes, yeah, spot on. Very good point to make that. I mean, again, on Hoybier, you know, you look at it, it was a real typically robust all-action performance at both ends, really. Wasted a good couple of good positions in the final third, but still waiting to really see him alongside Ndombele and the Celso at the same time. That's what we're all craving out for. Now, as we said on Hoybier, a typically robust all-action performance at both ends from the Dane, but did waste a couple of chances and good positions in the final third. We're still waiting to see him alongside Ndombele and the Celso at the same time. And Lee, coming around to you, we did see Muno confirm that after the game, Hoybier will miss Denmark's two home matches next week due to the UK government's protocols when it comes to quarantine, but will be available for their away game in Belgium. He said, it looks like we have found a solution with Pierre-Emile Hoybier. The first matches are friendly. He's not necessary. The second match is in Copenhagen. He's suspended. And the third match, Pierre can go to Belgium and can represent his country. Is this again, Lee, the typical Jose Mourinho factor of wanting to protect his players, every single one of them, in the build-up to an international break. 
Totally, 100%. I'm, I'm reading on social media that Bale's got a knock on his ankle. Of course he has. Of course he's got a little knock, is not he, for the old international break. Look, I think it's classic Jose. I got a, a reference to point that Laz mentioned earlier about Manchester United under Fergie grinding out some of these results. And then they do, Fergie would do the same thing. It was always international row versus Fergie. The reality of the situation is that, look, when when you've got people in your uh, in your team that are their captains of their foot their international team, it becomes a little bit more difficult. Kane, Son, you know, Bale, for example, Hugo Lloris. Oh, hang on a minute. Have we got am I just naming like a load of international captains in our team here? Oh well, yeah, maybe <laughs> I am. Um yeah, still not good enough though. Um but yeah, so it comes a little bit more difficult. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, this is classic Jose, um, and he's and he's working. Look, we all hated Jose when he worked when he had when he um, uh, worked for our rivals, but but he, he ain't working for our rivals now, is he? He's working for us. Exactly, <laughs> no, exactly. We're loving it, mate. We're loving it. It's a bit like Deli Ali. Like you, you'd hate Deli Ali playing against you, but you love him because he plays for you. Do you know what I mean? And it's the same with Jose. So, yeah, I, I, look, I think that we've we've got an opportunity now to 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 really um, take stock of where we are. Um, I think in the Premier League, you know, forget the other competitions at the moment, just talk about Premier League. In the Premier League, we've now gone through um, 2.12 points per game. Really important, right? Because the next six set of fixtures are horrific. Um, but but they're horrific in terms of if you're scared, but they're absolutely banging if you are loving it and you're on form and you're second well, in the Premier They're blockbusters, aren't they? Blockbusters. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. And these are the games that everyone wants to play. These are the games that, you know, not being able to pay 15 quid for that uh, for, for West Brom match today. I, I'd rather pay the 15 quid when we're going out and get smashing Arsenal. Personally, I'd rather be in, in, in the stadium, for example. But look, <laughs> we, we are where we are with Krona. I mean, I think that I don't want to, I don't want to go off script here. So just, you know, maybe we'll come onto it, but the next six fixtures are absolutely massive. So the fact that we're sitting here where we are now, almost job done in the sense of 2.12 points per game. Why is that so important is because you probably need 2.2 per game to win the league. And you talk, you mentioned title race earlier. Why not? Why not title race? Not getting carried away, people. Don't start at him and pelting me for getting carried away. He goes again, crazy train. It is a crazy train because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we've had crazy mad results this season. We, we've all, we've said it, you know, the whole the whole time during during last season, um, during Project Restart, and, and now this season as well. I mean, Palace are actually taking leads apart, you know, to the cleaners this weekend. You know, you've had, you know, Chelsea have absolutely smashed Sheffield United. You've had Manchester United win away. I mean, that's, you know, that's a shock in itself, isn't it? Uh, all jokes aside, you know, so you've had, you've had some, 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 some big results. And you know, Leicester at the top, uh, Tottenham a second. It feels a bit like the 2015-16 mad season as it was anyway. And, you know, why not title? So I think that we've got to now reassess and go into these next fixtures realistic you know realistically we're not going to go and smash all any of them teams i don't think like six one set five nil whatever but we've got to go in there and and get some sort of results and i'm sure we'll get into that bit rick in uh, in a bit right now and just coming around to you a word on dombele because he was a bright spot for spurs in that first half full of tricks quick passing including the ball for song which should have easily led to a goal He's surely better as a press-resistant number eight than in the number 10 role, though. But a foot injury which forced him off may be a little concern for Spurs, one to keep an eye on. What did you make overall, Anne, of Ndombele's contribution in this game against West Brom? I don't think he'll be out for a long time. I don't think he'll be out at all, Rick. To be honest with you, I think it's just a little knock and I don't think he's going to be playing for France 
Oh, no, not France. Who's he play for? Uh, it's France. It is it's France, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he'll be playing for France, which is a shame, really. So, uh, he can rest up at, at Hotspur way and, and, and get, get fit. But it seemed to me, you know, he got a little one, but it wasn't major. Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's coming into his own now. I think he's so creative. We've needed that. Um, just sometimes I've just had a think. I think if he had a little bit more pace, um, that's it. it. You know, if, if we're going to nitpick little little moments of him, just sometimes he'll he'll get the ball and just look up, which is which is fantastic. He'll knock the ball, but sometimes other players ain't on his on his same wavelength. So maybe that's something that they can work on. I know this player does frustrate the hell out of you at times, and that's Musa Sissoko. Some moments of real poor control and indecision in that first half. He did improve slightly in the second half, but this wasn't one of his best displays. For all the quality, he just simply didn't do enough with the ball, and his indecision-making occasionally slowed down our attacks. Now, he's a man for many occasions, arguably not this one. And what did you make overall of Sissoko's performance? And do you just feel the team now... We maybe have outgrown the nature of Sissoko, but having said that, he does seem to be one of Jose Mourinho's first names on the team sheet. Yeah, I just think Mourinho likes bodies, and, and I think uh, John touched upon it before. Um, you know, it, does he work hard? Yes. Does he pass the ball well? No. Does he has he got pace? Yes. Does he do anything with that pace? No. It's just he's just the most frustrating footballer because again. When he played for Newcastle United, he had absolute blinders against us. So when we signed him, I was like, sweet, if we can get out to Soko, brilliant. But lads, it's been nearly four and a half, five, four years. Do you know what I mean? And I've not really seen anything. And I hope Marina can bring that Newcastle player that was at Newcastle out in this team because I just don't, I just don't see it. I just can't see it. He's so, he, he comes across a bit nervous on the ball. He don't know what to do with it. Body language tells me he's just so scared. He's very nervous. Look at today, you know, falling over the ball and just it's just clumsy. He's just unfortunately he's Mr. Clumsy and I and I hate picking people out like that, but it you know, facts are facts. And he hasn't scored enough goals for me. He don't set up enough goals for me. And I just, you know, as I said, does he does he get in the way of people? Yes. Is he is he another body? Yes, but is he gonna change the game? No. So, you know, he's a player that seems to always make his 11. And we're all screaming out to say, when are we going to see Ndombele? When are we going to see Hoybier? When are we going to see Lacelso together? But yet, Sissoko's the man in that midfield that seems to be undroppable at the moment. And again, you look at that game today. I mean, there were times where for all of his quality, it simply did not do enough with the ball. And his indecision occasionally slowed down our attacks. I mean, do you still expect John after his international break Sissoko to still be in this side on a regular basis? Yeah, I do, to be honest with you, because it's not just Mourinho that keeps picking him. Pochettino kept picking him. He keeps getting called up for France. Didier Deschamps, you know, France have got the current world champions. They continuously pick him. Um, it's because in, in football, you need a carrier like that. Ideally, it would be a carrier that also did something else, but he's not. He's just a, 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 he picks the ball up and he sort of moves forward with it and passes it one way and passes it the other. And he, he runs a lot, you know, and you do need runners in your team. Um Ideally, he would be a runner that also scored or also assisted, but he's not. He's just a runner with Premier League experience and big game experience, and he sort of links the squad well. Uh, he gets friendly with uh, Ndombele and Aurier, uh, and he's been there a long time now. And, and I just feel like he will continue to play. He's trusted to play Premier League games and, and not let anyone down, whilst also, I agree with Ant, that he won't do anything special. But 
he never has done. You know, okay, he had a few games for Newcastle against us where he sort of really stood out, and that might have been just wanting to get the move to a, a big club and the opportunity to play in London, you know, um, and live in London. Um, but I think he will continue to play. He's been trusted under several managers, and um, there, there is a place for him, in my opinion. I, I see him as being better than Winks as a footballer uh, overall and uh, more reliable. We are going to go for our final break of the show. Taking you into this break, we've got the wonderful Anna from Spurs XY who reflects on Alex Morgan's debut for the Tottenham Hotspur women. We're also going to be discussing Gareth Bale's performances since his return in a Spurs shirt and what else is to come from our Welsh wizard. And we're also going to be discussing the Premier League fixtures to come after the international break for Tottenham. Do not go anywhere. We are back after our final break of the show. At UK Export Finance, we ensure that no viable UK export fails by providing government-backed finance and insurance. So if you want to expand into new markets, we can help you win contracts with attractive finance terms. If you've got an overseas order, we can help you fulfil it with a working capital loan. And if you're entering a challenging market, we can ensure that you get paid with the right insurance. We've helped hundreds of companies to win contracts, fulfil orders and get paid. To get the exporter's edge, search UK Export Finance. This Black Friday, the perfume shop is celebrating with our hottest deals ever. Like Eau de Lacoste Blanc EDT 100ml for only £24.99, saving a massive £25 off the RRP. Grab them before they're gone, just in time for Christmas. Offer ends 29th of November, savings off RRP while stocks last. Exclusions apply. For T's and C's, visit us online at theperfumeshop.com. Okay, with Eric, pitch side of the Hawthorns, dramatic late win, and that feels good, right, Eric? Yeah, it feels fantastic. Um, Yeah, really, really, really pleased to get the win. A bit disappointed with our performance in the first half. I don't think we we pressed them enough offensively. We didn't cause them enough problems. Um, And, yeah, really happy uh, to keep a clean sheet. You know, we've been uh, been really unlucky uh, conceding, you know, goals that... I don't really think of defensive mistakes, but just unfortunate ones. You know, the foul for Pierre last week and the one in midweek. So to get a clean sheet, you know, we're really happy with that. And uh, and then obviously, you know, Harry's come up with the goal at the end. I think it's a fantastic ball from Matt, I think. And and yeah, to, to get the goal and the performance in the second half, that was fantastic. I know the first half wasn't great, but to be fair, I mean, we were knocking on the door in the second half. I think we had, I'm going to say, at least 15 attempts at goal. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I think... Second half, we had a lot more control of the game. Uh, we kept the ball better. We played more in their half, retained possession when we lost it. And, um, yeah, lots of lots of opportunities on goal. And and then, uh, yeah, thankfully we got the goal and, and managed to see out the game. Yeah, so we know, obviously, you mentioned Harry's 150 Premier League goals today. But the clean sheet, I mean, the clean sheet here today, and it was the same at Burnley. Yeah. These are the things that win, win games ultimately, aren't they? Yeah, we want to, you know, as a defensive unit, we want to give the team the platform to go on and and win the game, you know, and uh, as I said, we've been disappointed with a lot of the goals we've conceded because they've just been um, under unfortunate circumstances, a lot of them going back to, like, the, the Newcastle penalty. Um, yeah, so so to get to, to get the clean sheet and then obviously we know that going forward, we're, I always believe we're going to score goals. So, um, yeah, it's massive. Top of the league? Feels good, right? Yeah, always, it always feels good when you're up there. Um, Obviously, it's probably been a long time since we've been there. And, uh, yeah, now fantastic feeling going into the international break, um, you know, which is really important. You don't want to have two weeks 
dwelling on a result which you didn't you didn't want. So um, really really happy with where we are, but lots lots and lots more work to do. At the Halifax, we know that catching up and checking in on each other has never been more important. So when our customers couldn't come into a Halifax branch, we picked up the phone and gave them a call. In fact, this year we've made over 250,000 wellbeing calls to customers for a natter and a catch-up, just to see if they're doing okay. Halifax, it's a people thing. Halifax, we know that catching up and checking in on each other has never been more important. So when our customers couldn't come into a Halifax branch, we picked up the phone and gave them a call. In fact, this year we've made over 250,000 wellbeing calls to customers for a natter and a catch-up, just to see if they're doing okay. Halifax, it's a people thing. With Jose Pitchside at the Hawthorns. Jose, well done. Massive win today, 1 0. And I mean, it's similar to Burnley. I mean, wins like this can define your season, can't they? After the matches with all the ingredients to lose a couple of points. Um, difficult opponents, they want to stop you, they, they analyze you, they see where you are strong, they try to close every possible door, and, uh, and they did it. Uh, a part of that. They also had strategy in relation to to the time, in relation to the intensity. Um, they tried everything. They fought really, really hard. And the good thing was that we we always try. Uh, even being difficult is not a game where you have lots of chances, uh, but it's a game where you start pushing, 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 and you feel that possible is coming. Then arrived the moment where I felt. It's time to bring uh, Vinicius to, to change a little bit the, the structure, to give, to give them a different problem that they had until then, uh, which was Harry, and then with Vinicius become Harry a little bit more, more free, and we got that, that space to, to score the win. The clean sheet is again the key element, isn't it, really? You come away here with the three points. We defended well. Uh, we will had one moment to say I'm here, but in that moment he told I'm here, he made, he made a crucial save, the team defended very, very well. Um, they have three huge centre-backs that go in set pieces, we control them in the majority of, of the times. The team had great solidarity. In the last five minutes extra time, Harry Kane dropping back, uh, Lucas almost as a right-back, Sonny almost as a left-back. Accumulating people in front of, of the box, really, really pleased with them. We're, we're watching a, a character of a team and a squad developing in front of our eyes here, aren't we? Yeah, you know, there is always a little bit of sadness, a little bit of frustration for the boys that don't start matches, because in the end they all work the same, they all give everything to try to be on on the team sheets, but uh, it's getting very expensive uh, to be to be there. And uh, you could see the way Lucas, Gio and, uh, and Vinicius have come to the game. You could also see the way the people that was on the bench and stayed on the bench was leaving the, the game. We are a team and uh, the boys are behaving like a team. M means your heart never failing to skip a beat. 
every time the engine awakes. M means forever looking forward to the road less traveled. M means every journey starts within and it has an open end. BMW M, the most powerful letter in the world. Discover the BMW M range today. This Black Friday, the perfume shop is celebrating with our hottest deals ever. Like Marc Jacobs Splash Rain 100ml EDT for only $19.99. Saving a massive £18 off the RRP. Grab them before they're gone, just in time for Christmas. Offer ends 29th of November. Savings off RRP while stocks last. Exclusions apply. For T's and C's, visit us online at theperfumeshop.com. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. Now this week we played two games. We had a midweek game against Chelsea in the Continental Tyres Cup, which is the equivalent of the League Cup. And we had a game today against Reading in the League. Let's start with Chelsea. Um, the first half was actually really good. We held our own quite well. We had a, uh, took the draw of 0-0 into the half. Half-time break. I think that was really good. Obviously, Chelsea are a really strong side. I think that was the best we could hope for, really. I mean, uh, barring an unlucky goal, um, a uh, free kick that found the post instead of the back of the net. But realistically, I think we did very well. Unfortunately, in the second half, though, we conceded two goals and ended up losing the game and didn't really look like doing anything after that. So that was a little bit disappointing. But as I said, Chelsea are a strong side. Didn't really expect anything else, so... It is what it is, but it just really made this weekend's game very important because our momentum hasn't been the best lately. We haven't seen Alex Morgan yet. There were just so many factors that were just, it wasn't, something wasn't clicking and we really needed a boost and the league results weren't going our way. The cup results weren't going our way. We've obviously played Arsenal too many times. So that was that. And so going into today, I was just really hopeful that it would have been obviously really nice to get three points, but a good performance was, I think, more vital. Uh, So we went into the game and we went 1-0 down in the 12th minute. So not really ideal. And I was a bit worried because we usually crumble after we go a goal down. We haven't really shown any fighting spirit to come back until today. We actually looked really good for the first time in a long time that uh, we responded well to conceding and we equalised through Ashley Neville's header, which was brilliant. So I was very, very happy with that and overall just really pleased with the way we responded to going a goal down and showing some fighting spirit. So that was really good. A couple injuries in the first half meant to some um, stoppage time, but hopefully nothing too serious. And half-time sort us one all and to be honest that was a full-time score as well I think the only notable thing is that Alex Morgan finally made her debut she was named on the bench and she came on in the second half so it was really exciting to see her come on and start playing hopefully we get to see more of her as she gets more fitter but that was very exciting and yeah overall just a lot more positives to take away from that league game honestly that you know the way we responded to conceding a goal it's sad that we obviously didn't manage to get all three points but I'm just really glad that it's a lot more positive much better performance we saw Morgan as well so overall just a lot to be happy about really um our next game is against uh, Bristol I believe yes it's Bristol 
away next weekend and uh, in the league. And then after that, we play Arsenal again because we haven't played them enough. Uh, we're playing them in the Continental Tires Cup um, on week on Wednesday. So, yeah, um, not the best, but hopefully we can do the job against Bristol. They're not... Um, I think they're like currently 6-1 down, so that'll be really good for us to get some momentum. And as I said, it's really important to get three more points, but just confidence booster, really. So that'd be good. And then, well, Arsenal, we know it's pretty much a write-off, but as long as we don't concede 10 goals, I'll be happy. No, I'm, I'm joking, but not really not at the same time. Anyway, yeah, that's it for the rest of November. Um, I hope you enjoyed this little segment and I hope you enjoyed the rest of the show. Come on, you spares. M means... Your heart never failing to skip a beat every time the engine awakes. M means forever looking forward to the road less traveled. M means every journey starts within and it has an open end. BMW M, the most powerful letter in the world. Discover the BMW M range today. At UK Export Finance, we ensure that no viable UK export fails by providing government-backed finance and insurance. So if you want to expand into new markets, we can help you win contracts with attractive finance terms. If you've got an overseas order, we can help you fulfil it with a working capital loan. And if you're entering a challenging market, we can ensure that you get paid with the right insurance. We've helped hundreds of companies to win contracts, fulfil orders and get paid. To get the exporter's edge, search UK Export Finance. Hello and welcome back to the third and the final part of this bumper last word on Spurs. Right, Gareth Bell. Now, of course, we're all excited of Gareth's homecoming. Lee, let's come round to you because Gareth did get his first Spurs goal back in the Tottenham shirt last week. He then was rewarded now with, let's say, his first Premier League start. Again, I think many of us maybe were surprised by the fact Bell was starting this game, but however wise... Bale, he didn't look sharply as he was in his previous ex- previous appearance, but he had a good chance on that second half, but couldn't quite prod Kane's cross firmly towards the goal. What I will say that he did work very hard, I thought, in tracking back, but it wasn't to be his day, was replaced with just over 10 minutes to go. How would you sum up, Lee, Gareth Bale, in this kind of half-term report we find ourselves in going into this international break? Pretty much. Well, look, I'm very, very, very pleased. I was going to have another one in there. Very pleased that uh, that he's joined us. Uh, he's joined back up uh, to, to come home, essentially. I think he's going to be absolutely outstanding for us. He got the winner last week against uh, Brighton. You can see that his performances so far has been, been about building up. I think Jose Mourinho said that before the game as well. It's about giving him that time. I do think that, you know, he did play, was, I want to say, 65 minutes, something like that, um, on Thursday. And then to start him today as well and, and get 70, what, eight minutes out of him, whatever it was, was is, is part of that whole fitness, um, uh, bringing that up to, to, to speed. I, I don't think the whole tracking back, although I think he did uh, a good couple of track backs, I don't think that's really why he should be in the side. I'm not saying that he should, you shouldn't track back. I'm not saying that. No, I, but I think that if he, if he yeah. plays as a lefty or, a, or as a righty, he has to track back. If he plays as a number 10, he, he kind of doesn't. So, so I think that there's, there's a little bit of a positioning thing for for Gareth to um, or for Josie and, and actually the team to work out. I think that when you've got Doherty, and we talked about him earlier, where he's playing as a right wing back for Wolves and just smashing it. Ant mentioned it, Anthony mentioned it earlier, didn't you? Like smashing, you know, going in, scoring goals, assists, whatever. Now he's trying to play, he's playing as a right back. And we, we talked about this last week, he's getting involved in that. 
and I, I mentioned about having partnerships, and, and and ultimately, if Gareth plays as a as a as a on the right of, as a three, his partnership, if you like, down that down that side is is Doherty. So them two need to start getting a bit more um, uh, uh, together or relationship. They, they are apparently that, good friends off the pitch, Lee. Doherty. No, no, they are. Yeah. You see that with the basketball yeah. and that sort of stuff, the training ground, and I, and that's what I mean. I think it will come. I think that you know when you think about it, you know, tactically or you know when you're looking at the game and you've got Gareth Bale. You know, he's never really wide right, is he? You know, he's never hugging the touchline because that's where Doherty would go past him. So actually, if Gareth Bale's going inside and, and, and creating um, havoc or whatever on, on that inside uh, uh, of things, to then expect him to track back is very, very difficult. And it's the same with Son. I think that Son did that quite a lot today, um, tracking tracking backwards. And I think that's what, again, West Brom's game plan, right? It was, it, was, it was a good game plan from West Brom to be able to do that. So I think to sum up on Gareth Bale, I'm very happy that he's back. I think that he's definitely getting back to full fitness. I think that, I think what is absolutely clear, and I don't think anyone was deluded to think that we'd have the Gareth Bale afterburners taxi for Micron, right? I don't think that we'd, we'd, we'd have that Gareth Bale back anyway. But I, I think there's, I'm very, I'm still very excited because certainly we've only seen 65% of what, what Gareth can do. And I, I think his touch is there. I think that, you know, his, his, his mind is there. Um, and I think when he starts to link up really well with, uh, with, with the other players in and around him, we're, we're going to see him explode. So, yeah, I'm really pleased um, so far with him. Um, and uh, long may continue. I think he's going to get better and better every game he plays. I hope so. I mean, John, just coming around to you. I mean, I still think at the moment for me, he still looks really short of full fitness at the level of, you know, a Premier League first start. And I think, you know, you look at it, you know, he have a freak very early on, nearly set up Kane, involved in the best move of the first half, squandered by Son. And again, we did see after the game that he was pictured with an ice pack on his right ankle. Is there any concern for you, John? Because he has been selected for Wales's games against USA, Ireland and Finland. Any concern for you whatsoever, him going away on his international break? Uh, no, I disagree with some of the points earlier, actually. I think these games will be good for him. I want, I actually want him to feature in these games and build up his fitness. I think we'll then see a better player when the important games come for Tottenham. Uh, for me, it's just about him getting games at the minute. I was delighted he started today. I was delighted he started on Thursday. I know there is an exceptional player in there, and I just feel like the more minutes and opportunities he gets to build up relationships with his teammates, you know, these, these are different teammates, the ones he left. His surroundings at Tottenham have completely changed. New stadium, uh, almost new training ground. He was there for a little bit of Pottsville way. Uh, so everything's very different for Gareth from what he'll remember. Um, and yeah, I actually want him to play some of these games as well. So I'm, I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure an ice pack is pretty common uh, after you play a high-intensity Premier League game in terms of the fitness and recovery period. Um, and I'm sure that he will... Um, you know, go away and if he does get selected for Wales, deliver because he is a world-class player and easily Wales' best player. We should make the point that even though he was seeing complaints of the physios, he sat down with his teammates on the bench, you know, with that ice pack strapped to him. Um, the procedure is designed to normally just treat swelling, but the extent of the injury at the moment remains unclear. But again, we've heard no reports to suggest that he's not, you know, going to feature for Wales. So, I mean, and just on that point, um, how do you feel about Bale? Has it been the start you expected or is it a case where at the moment it's just about giving him game time and we are going to hopefully see a very good player there? Yeah, you've got to give him game time. <clears throat> you know, and I think he hasn't played, played proper football for you know, five, six months now. And I think, you know, the minutes that he's getting, he's slowly getting back to the Gareth Bale that we know and love. Um, is, as Lee said, is he going to be the taxi for Mike on? Of course he's not. You know, he's... He's 10 years older now, but 
you could see little things, little glimpses, like today when Kane drops deep, Bale would slot into that number 10 role, you know, wanting the ball. And it, it's good that you could tell that they're thriving off playing, playing, you know, playing in the same team as each other. And it's lovely to see. Uh, it's lovely to see Bale smiling again. And long may it continue. Um, as long as he's part of the squad, maybe assisting, scoring a few goals, I'll be a happy, happy man. On Hummin Son, he did take a chance very early on. In his end product, and should have done better with Tottenham's best opening, but divot on the ball as his shot was blocked. Part of a pattern, really, generally, of taking too many touches and look like he could use a rest. And hopefully, like I say, um, this opportunity will give him a chance to have a break from the Premier League, come back refreshed. We saw Lacelso have a big moment after he came on half volleyed wide from eight yards. Mora, to be fair to him, he worked very, very hard defensively late on, helped to stretch the West Brom back line with fresh legs, but was not fully involved, helped Spurs get over the line. After the game, we saw Jose Mourinho say, West Brom, the performance made us play the way we did. When a team is a champion or plays for the title, there's always a relation to your direct opponents. I could say that this team could be champions in many European countries, but it is so difficult in the Premier League. So many good clubs, you have to have a good season and and potentially, even having that, you still might not be champions. We'll just try to win. I promise you I'm not bothered about Leicester or Wolves or City v Liverpool. I just want to win games and then we'll see where we are. Well, we know, guys, that we are second. We know coming up after the international break, we've got Man City at home, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home, Crystal Palace away, Liverpool away. Leicester at home. A real busy, busy amount of fixtures to come for Tottenham. And we know we've got the introduction of the Carabao Cup. We know we've still got Europa League. I mean, boys, half-term report. Let's start with you, Lee. How are you feeling? A lot of fixtures yeah, to come. I feel good. Um, yeah, I feel good. I feel, you know, Premier League only. Um, we've navigated some some really tough uh, um, some tough fixtures. Um, I think that, you know, when, when the fixture list came out, <laughs> and, uh, and and our very own John gave uh, Everton their team talk um, when we drew Everton at home um, and we said absolutely no way that we're going to lose and yeah we all agreed because Everton was just like three points and obviously we lost and that, that was a real not a wake up call but I think it was a little bit of a wow okay m- maybe we're not you know the, the whole signs of the summer they got a bed in and all that sort of stuff but that was the only game we've lost, right? In this halftime report, right? As we we're saying, so you've got to be pleased with that. Um, we've we've let two massive um, uh, results, uh, you know, get off the hook. Uh, we, we had the fish; it was right in. We pulled it right in, and they've and, and it's fallen out of the net uh, with with both Newcastle and also with uh, um, with West Ham, of course, and you know. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, hindsight, all that sort of stuff. You can you can waffle on about it, but you know, yes, twenty one points we'd have right now if we if we hadn't got them off the hook. But you know, that's football and it happened. Um, and, and by the way, we played outstanding. I think we had something like twenty three attempts against Newcastle and twelve on target, and we drew the game. So for those who everyone saying, oh, you know, well, boring football, whatever today, but we won the game. So you know, we, we are where we are with that. I think, you know, I said earlier, and I said, just repeat again because we're in the section now, 2.12 points per game is definitely top three uh, form. 
um, if you look at every single season over the last, well, say over the last five years, right? So last five years, because you've had Man City and Liverpool just start tearing up the season, scoring all these goals and this, that and the other. You look at the last five seasons, 2.12 points per game will get you further than the Premier League, maybe even challenge. That's where we need to kind of be. Um, we worked out the other day that you needed probably not, if you get 90 points this season, you'll win the league um, pretty much based on, on where we are. And this is the test. You've just said it. City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool and Leicester. That's our next six games. And this is why Anthony's going to say, you know, let's not get carried away. But, you know, we always put out in the last World and Spurs account, uh, last World and Spurs account how many points you think you're getting. If you think about the points ratio, forget the clubs, because we want to beat them all. And we definitely want to beat Arsenal. We definitely want to beat each other. But if you, if you forget that and just, just look at it as a methodical mind, you then start to realise and understand why Jose would go in some of these games and play low blocks and, and play, not that he'll play for a draw, but he will not want to get beaten. Because a lot of these games are six-pointers, right? Um, as uh, If you look at it, you know, you look at the Leicester game, you look at the Liverpool game, look at Chelsea City, for example, you don't want to be giving up points to them. So a draw ain't a bad result, especially if it's a, a away from home um, as well. With COVID, um, our waveform is obviously better than our than our home form. So, you know, we, we always do pretty well at City. And, and, and you're looking at them six fixtures. You've got to be taking 12 points. It don't have to be more than that, really. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to take 18. But to get 12 points out of that will be four wins and two losses um, or, you know, a couple of draws and, and, and some wins in there as well. So, you know, 14 points, I think, will be amazing to, to, to get through that fixtures. And then I think we can probably start at Christmas saying, mate, we are serious. But if, if you go into that lot and you lose against City and you lose against Chelsea and you've got an awful under derby and everything's on the on the cards, then you've got to weave in uh, you know, Europa League games in between that and people come back from international duty. So it becomes really, really tough. But that's what we want to do, isn't it, Rick? Isn't it, lads, listeners? 100%, we want to be 100%. in these games. Yep. We don't want to be fearing them. We want to be going in and thinking, yep. this is amazing. And this is what it's all about. City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Leicester. Let's go for it. Let's just bring it on. Let's see where we are. That's, that's all you can do. You can go in, give it your best and see where we go. And I, and I think that the, you know, what, what, what makes it really, uh, well, well, I'm really buoyant about it, not getting carried away, but where I'm buoyant about it is that we've got 2.12 uh, um, uh, points per game out of already. We sit second in the Premier League. It's a brilliant foundation to go and have a go at this next six fixtures. Agree. Just to finish up then, and come around to you on this. Do these next fixtures after the international break, does this define, Ant, where we're going to be this season? Completely. I think so. Um, for some reason, the... It feels like the FA or whoever does the fixtures list likes to put all the top top four teams always against Spurs one one day after the other. Um, but you know we just got to grin and bear it. It'll be this this will be the defining moment. This this little fixture list here and sort of March end of March time, the business end of the season where we sometimes sort of fall off a cliff a little bit. So this this now and then and then end of the season, I think is the defining moment for sure. Um, you know, if we can nick 12 points out of the, the possible 18, fantastic. You know, go, go, and, you know, go and beat City 2-0 and then lose to Palace 1-0. You know, it's just one of them um, fixture lists. So, who knows, mate? I, I'm more fearful about playing like Leicester because they're, they're tough, man. They are tough. That's a great point. Yeah, I agree. They are tough. I mean, they just... I saw them today. They were just... Defensively, they were solid... They're just annoying. 
they're just annoying to watch in a good way. No, that's fair. That is fair. And John, coming around to you just to finish this up, John, international break coming now with what we've got to come. How do you feel, John, going into this one? Are you, are you quite confident that when we come on the back of this, are we still going to see this real quite determined Tottenham side? They're going to grind out the wins against some real tough opponents coming up. Yeah, fingers crossed, first things first, that we get no injuries on the international duty, uh, because that could obviously change everything, especially some of our key players. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed, they all come back confident. They've had good games for their countries or lack of games uh, in some cases. And uh, yeah, I'm confident. You know, I always fancy our chances against Man City. I feel like we have a a, a good run of form against them uh, in the last five or six years. Um, it's interesting, Ant says about Leicester there now. The, the Leicester away game last season, that in my opinion, was one of the principal reasons Pochettino got sacked, was based on a very, very dodgy VAR call at Leicester, where Aurier had, had set up or scored, I can't quite remember, scored, to the game 2-0 two, two to Tottenham at that point. And that was game over, right? Yeah. That is Tottenham and Leicester going on different, different sends for their season, right? We then end up not getting that call, Leicester go down the other end and score, and it changes a lot of things for both teams there. I'm still a bit peed off about that, and I would look forward to the opportunity of getting one over Leicester. I know we beat them 3-0 in Project Restart, but that was a weak Leicester. They were missing a lot of key players. They were wheeling out. Where's Morgan at 56 and that sort of thing. Um, so I'd like to play a full-strength Leicester, both teams at it, then with Vardy, with Madison, us with Kane and Son. Let's see who's the better team, you know, so I fancy our chances against Leicester as well. The game I worry about is the Chelsea away game. It's a game historically we've always struggled with. Um, I think they've invested really well this summer, especially on the, the forward players. Like uh, We've seen Zayec now delivering the performances us as Tottenham fans saw him put in for Ajax and Timo Werner uh, for Leipzig. So, yeah, Chelsea are the ones I'm worried about, but we're in a good position. You know, we can probably afford now to lose a game or two because of what we've done already. You know, getting these nitty-gritty wins in the bag already probably allows us to lose one or two games. As long as we beat one of our top six rivals, uh, maybe Arsenal at home is the one. Funny you say that, John, because, you know, you go into that international break, sitting second, you know, we've been unbeaten since the opening day, but you do wonder if we didn't lose points to Newcastle and West Ham, my God, what a position we could find ourselves in. You know, but I know you can't be greedy because if you look at the results we've had recently, the Brightons, the Burnley, and obviously today's game against West Brom, I do think, you know, football in a way, sometimes it does level itself out. Maybe not with VAR, that's a complete separate subject for another show. But I do agree, you know, where we are in the league right now, it's promising, it's exciting. And yeah, like I say, we're in a good position going into the international break. And like I say, you look at back at it last year, it's just quite incredible what we've, what we've been through in a year. You know, we're... Well, on the back of last year, if we look at this time, we've just, I think, lost 7-2 to Bayern Munich. And, you know, we're sitting there right now in the midst of, dare I say, towards the top of the league. So much to look forward to. Let me just say a massive thank you, John. Thanks so much for coming back on. Always a pleasure, John. Yeah, absolutely. Loved it, Rick. Great to be on with the boys, Ant and Lee and yourself. And uh, always good talking Tottenham, especially after a win. Up to second. Come on, you Spurs. I love it. The wonderful Anthony Costa keeping us calm, keeping us, you know... <laughs> Always stable and gotta keep calm, but lots to be excited about Ant, right? I'm, not, I'm not the glue. I'm not the podcast glue. Do you know what I mean? Um stick everything together. No, listen, I'm happy. I may not sound it sometimes because I'm you know I'm old and I'm cynical and you just want to keep it reserved, don't you? You just want to keep it calm, keeping it calm. I've lived through the nineties, so you know, and um but no, listen, it's the, the, the 
The future's bright, the future is Spurs. Let's have it. Come on, you Spurs. I love it. Fantastic. And Lee, just to finish up, we've got a question here, Lee, for you. This is from Ben Hodson, who says, Will Lee bring out the reverse pterodactyl if we do end up top at the end of the Premier League season? Lee, have you got your answer for him on that? Do the reverse pterodactyl before the end of the season, mate, if we're in the top of the title race. Don't you worry about that. Look, I, I'm not I'm not being reserved. I'm, I'm being on the crazy train. It's driving. It's steaming. It's rolling. And we are going there. Trophies are coming, as our very own Chris Callum will say. And you can't really disagree with that at the moment. A tough, tough test after the international break. There's only one thing we've got to do. Get up there. Take some points off of our, of our main rivals. And all of a sudden, it opens up. I'm up for it. Come on, you Spurs. I love it. There you go, guys. We are back during the international break of a couple of decent shows coming your way. As always, keep safe, keep well. Come on, you Spurs. At the Halifax, we know that catching up and checking in on each other has never been more important. So when our customers couldn't come into a Halifax branch, we picked up the phone and gave them a call. In fact... This year, we've made over 250,000 wellbeing calls to customers for a natter and a catch-up, just to see if they're doing okay. Halifax, it's a people thing. Now then, uh, Bahamas, Bali, Buenos Aires, ooh, Bratislava. Mm. If you, like Sergei, are saving towards your dream holiday next summer, Otto Sergei here. Hello. Could help you make savings across your household bills to make your dream holiday become a real holiday. So, Sergey, decided yet? Not yet. Uh, Balearics, Barbados, oh, Blackpool again, yes. Start saving with Comparza Market. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.